0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Solid Steps Radio. This is Chad Russell. I'm here with Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And typically, I will say, hey, Kurt, how you doing today? But I'm going to paint a little word picture today. Oh, wow. Uh, we're back in the studio after two weeks off. And if you've not caught our last two weeks, I would say they're arguably two of the best week's shows we've ever had. And I don't mean that <laughs> like, hey, I'm great. I'm just talking about topically. Uh, The last two weeks, we were uh, out of town, both of us, and uh, we talked about, uh, we taped, because of proper planning and technology, we taped two shows earlier in the year that ran the past two weeks about pornography, about the addiction of the drug that it is and how there is hope on getting out of the addiction of pornography. And if you have not heard those, please go back and listen on our Facebook page, Solid Steps. Uh, type that into iTunes or go to SoundCloud and uh, you'll hear two great weeks. But the reason we were out of town, I'm gonna paint this picture for our listeners, okay? (laughs) I always ask how Kurt's doing. You've got a
1: huge grin on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no.
0: no. You have a huge grin on your face. Kurt is nice and tan, and he's got a goofy, silly, happy, ear-to-ear grin on his face right now. You look like a man who just came off a honeymoon. I did come off of a honeymoon, and and it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for the, for those of you who are just tuned in for the first time, welcome. This is a show called Solid Steps. We're a show for men, by men, talking about men's stuff from a man's perspective. And if you have not been listening, uh, Kurt, uh, recently, uh, the former Nancy Kennedy is now Nancy Souter, and Kurt and Nancy got married. We did. Back on Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah.
1: September 3rd. Yep, we did. And uh, it was a glorious day. Great. You know, I, I tell guys, uh, Chad... I feel so blessed to have been married to Kristen for 22 years and and have her. And now I get another incredible woman. I mean, it's just just amazing. I'm like, Lord God, you are good. You are good. And I'm so grateful. We're happy for you.
0: Happy for you. And, um, you know, so blessings on you guys. Yeah.
1: Many of our listeners probably knew of Kristen and heard her on the radio. And, uh, but I hope you get to know Nancy, because Nancy is a phenomenal lady. She is. And uh, just a super, super awesome, awesome gift from God. So, so
0: good. Well, good on you there. Uh,
1: thanks. So yeah, so
0: we're uh, we're back in the studio. We're excited. I was out of town as well. Yeah, you were on vacation, right? On vacation, and I got to share. Well,
1: little... what, 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 you, know, you you and Jen are gone with five boys. That's got to be five relaxing. No, like, and, uh... wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Five kids, mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, who have no kids, and their kid is a... Eighty-five pound dog. So we were all in the same house, and we had you. as good of a time as you can possibly have with all those variables together. We had a really good time, but I gotta tell you this funny story. Okay, okay, go. So coming home, coming home is not nearly as fun as going to uh, on a oh, vacation, right? No. Whatever it is, multiply it times ten, and it's worse. All right. <laughs> so coming home, there was this moment driving through Alabama. It was like a torrential downpour of rain. Okay, and we we switched cars where. I was driving the whole time, but Jenna jumped in the back car and drove my mother-in-law and two of my kids, and I had the three youngest kids—three, two, and nine months—in my car. Okay, so we're driving, and I just got done changing a poopy diaper in a Burger King parking lot. There you all go. Right? That's uh, that's exciting. We then pull out. Okay, and I'm driving down 65 in a torrential rainpour, and the littlest babe, the, the youngest, the nine-month-old, begins to scream, cry, screaming. Okay. So I'm driving, it's raining. The other two are complaining about their chicken and their french fries and blah, blah, blah. And this baby is screaming, crying. And I pull over on the side of the road in the emergency lane. Jenna's texting me, What's going on? (laughs) And I'm making a bottle in the back seat. A grown man in the bottle, making a bottle in the back seat. And and the, and the tension in that car for men, I think it kills you just a little bit. Like you die a little bit yes. from the tension. Yes. It's so much. I'm 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 having a, a moment right now. Right, right? <laughs> so I'm feeding this baby, and I'm like, I was so desperate. At <laughs> Lord that moment. God, Lord help. Please let this baby not be screaming and crying. Like he's not hurt. And I give him a bottle, and I pull off, and I'm like, okay, just we're uh, okay. We're driving down the road, and about five minutes later total silence like everybody's eating i'm just like oh, i can breathe again there was the desperate moment that is a desperate man when you're sitting on the side of the road trying to get a baby to be quiet and <laughs> pouring down rain it's just you and everybody else is gone oh uh so that you know what that's a segue into this week.
1: That topic. <laughs> is a segue into our uh, our topic this week, and uh, we have uh, we have a great guest, Kyle Eidelman. It's great to have you today.
2: Hey, it is great to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, yeah, and so uh, if you if you don't know who Kyle is, Kyle is uh, our teaching pastor at Southeast Christian Church. You've been there how long now? I have been
2: there for about fourteen years. Has it been that yeah, long? Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, it's uh, gone by fast, but I hit 40 this year, so Ooh. it's starting starting to feel it.
1: Oh. Well, uh Kyle, it's great to
2: have you and you. and uh
1: it's a, a treat to have you talk about today cuz you preached a uh, a series not too long ago called The Gift of Desperation.
2: And uh yeah, t- so Yeah, it's a gift that nobody wants, right? Like when you are making a list of uh, what you'd like to have, desperate moments are not on that list. Changing poopy diapers and Burger King (laughs) is not what you wake up in the morning and hope for. But uh, one of the things I've discovered as a pastor over those 14 years and, and before that is that... In those desperate moments, uh, God has gifts for us that we really don't receive at any other time very well. That um, when we find ourselves in a position where we're overwhelmed, or we're not sure what to do, or uh, we failed, or the future is just really uncertain, uh, that God's power and presence can become real to us in ways that we never knew was possible. And so I've, I've witnessed that experientially but also in the lives of others as a pastor you know this that how especially for men how often they are open to something spiritually because they're going through a difficult situation um and it's almost predictable, right that mm. when you 're listening to someone tell their story or give their testimony um, about a spiritual awakening in their lives, it came at this this place of desperation where they didn't know where else to turn, they didn't know what to do or where to go, and in that moment they they discovered what God had for them in a way that they never understood before, so it's desperate, uh, but there's a gift for us in those moments, if we can look for it, if we can pay attention to it. Um, again and again in scripture, you'll read, especially in the New Testament, although it's true in the Old Testament as well, the phrase cry out, that is uh, mm-hmm. almost used like a, a refrain for those who receive from God. They cried out to God, um, and that that word in the Greek for cry out is uh, kind of like an onomatopoeia, where it gets part of its meaning from its sound. It's not a, um, it's a cry out. You know, it's similar to what Dad was describing uh, w- w- uh, with his kid in the back seat, just crying out. He needs some. He needs something. Needs some help. And when when we do that with God, when we cry out to God for help, uh, we find again and again God responds to the cry of His children. Mm.
1: He, he, what you're describing, I mean. There seems to be in this moment of desperation, no matter what the pain or the grief or the sorrow or the circumstances, God
2: God seems to lean into when we cry out. Yeah, you know, a few examples that come to mind of um, that scripturally is um, first in the Gospels when Jesus, God in the flesh, when he is interacting with people in need, how often mm. they cry out to him and he responds to them. And I would challenge people to just read through the gospels with this in mind, uh, because you'll see that that's, that's true. And then in the old Testament, uh, mm. God would allow his people to go through some pretty difficult circumstances. Um, we see that cycle in the old Testament, but when the people would cry out oftentimes in repentance, but when they would cry out independence to God, that's what would draw the response mm. of God. Uh but it's really hard for us, especially as men. We are not good at, at crying out for help. Um, You know, I think I was a good seven years into my marriage before I got on my knees and said, God, I need help. You know, it's not that I wasn't praying for my wife or for my marriage, but where I just, Said, so I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to respond. Uh, this isn't working. So, God, I need help. And you know, that's a long time to try to figure it out when just something as simple as just ask. Just, just ask. Yeah. And and yet, that's what we see God responding to um, throughout Scripture. Wow. We we're gonna unpack that a little bit more, but we need to take
0: a break here. All right, well, we're gonna take a break. And uh, again, I just want to do one more. Uh, not more, more. Our first plug for our first men's event of Solid Steps Radio. We are going to have a men's event on November the 3rd. And if you would like to be a part of that, it's going to be a live taping. And uh, we are going to have a, a panel of of guys just talking about guy stuff. It's for men, uh, it's a guy's night out kind of thing. We're going to feed you. So you're, if anything else, you're going to get a meal. And, um, we're all desperate for a meal. Right? So um, so we'd love to have you on November the 3rd. It's the uh, Iron Bell. And if you are interested in going, we're going to have more information on our Facebook page. You can RSVP. We do need RSVP because the first 150 guys uh, are going to have to cut it off at that many. So um, assuming that many people want to come. <laughs> but uh, just RSVP on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash uh, Solid Steps Radio So we're going to take a break and come back with Kyle We're going to talk a little bit more About desperation, what's our role in that What's uh, God's role in that And uh, how we can live a life of desperation Even though that's not something we would shoot for That's something that God would love to, uh, to meet us at So we'll take a break And come back on Solid Steps Radio Welcome back to our second segment Of Solid Steps Radio Chad Russell, Kurt Sauter With our guest Kyle Eidemann and we are talking about desperation. And if you're desperate for new carpet and flooring, you should go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. They have a ton of flooring. You can't get away from how much flooring they have. It's amazing. And they have great deals over there, and they've got some guarantees over there. If you don't like your flooring, then come take it up. Uh, talk to those folks over at Carol Rogers Carpet One. And I also want to thank LN and Credit Union for stepping up to the plate and uh, sponsoring the show. You can listen to commercial-free because of them on our podcast, Facebook.com forward slash solid steps radio and you can also hear us on um, org. and so yeah we've been talking about
1: desperation and the gift of desperation and uh you know kyle you talked about you know in the new testament over and over again it's, it's this it's this something we don't plan on but it's it becomes a gift it, that god does something really supernatural in many, many times in that I, I was thinking of Daniel, you know, back in the Old Testament, you know, when he knew that he was going to the lion's den, you know, there's this unbelievable, I mean, he, know, he could probably hear the lions, you know, growling and roaring and, and yet he, um, he prays, he cries out to God and, and what happens? God delivers, God steps up, God moves and a miracle happens. We don't always get the miracle, but there's a blessing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the two things that I would challenge people to look for in their moments of desperation is God's power and God's presence. That uh, just as you referenced with the example of Daniel, God shows up and he demonstrates his power. Now, he doesn't always do that in the way that we would want him to, um, but he is faithful. And in the desperate moments, we have an opportunity to see that uh, in in. in more clearly than we have before. Now it's often through tear-filled eyes that we see it. It, it still is difficult. It's, that's what makes it desperate. Um, but I, I just know as I've studied scripture and as I've talked to so many people over the years um, that that's a that's something that you can look for and you can count on God's power, God's presence in the, in the lion's den. So Kyle, okay, so a guy's listening and right now
1: and he is in that desperate situation. I mean, things
2: couldn't get much worse. Talk to him. So, you know, there are a few different types of desperate people. There are people who are desperate and they know it, and people who are desperate and they don't know it. Now, I would say the most desperate people are the people who are desperate and don't realize it, right? Like, if you think in terms of uh, a wildfire in California, where you see this on the news, the fire is spreading. There are some people who know the situation is desperate. They get out of their homes. There are other people who are trying to be rescued, and they insist on staying in their home. They don't think... Think it's that big of a deal. Meanwhile, they're literally watching on television the news of the fire that's in their backyard, but they don't get it. It doesn't somehow register to them. Hey, I need help. I need. I need to do something different. So I, I think you're talking to probably two different guys here. You, you've got some who are desperate and they know it. There's others who are desperate. They don't know it or. Desperation is going to happen, and they need to be ready for it. And so, um, one of the things I would number one is to to realize the reality of your situation. Right? Don't lie to yourself. Don't be in denial about it. Mm. Accept the fact that um, that you are someone who needs help. Uh, that is uh, that is incredibly difficult for us as men. I I use the example of. Um, Oh, a couple of years ago, my son wanted to go kayaking and we live close to Floyd's Fork Creek. And so I thought, Oh, all right, we can do that. I'm not a kayaker, but we can figure this out. So um, I, I, I hear desperation coming. Oh, it's coming.
1: <laughs> so we yeah. get a
2: couple of these kayaks and you know, my daughter has a friend over and they want to go with us. So I'm like, all right, now it's a party. And, and so my youngest daughter, she wants to go with us and we start kayaking down Floyd's Fork Creek. And my wife had told me ahead of time, Hey, why don't you, Kind of decide where you're going to get out at, and I'll meet you there, pick you up in the truck, and bring you back. And I'm like, you know, I don't know where we're going to get out at. And she said, well, you could check on your GPS, look at Google Earth. I'm like, you know, it'll be fine. You know, she said, what
1: what does she know about it? Yeah, right. It's it's Floyd's
2: Fort (laughs) Creek. These aren't we're not going whitewater rafting. It's it's fine. And um and so I had my phone. I put it in a ziploc bag because I didn't want it to get wet on our kayaking trip, and we'd been going about an hour, and I thought, you know, I don't know where we're at. Maybe I should listen to my wife. And I I pull out my uh, phone, and it's not there. It's lost somewhere in Floyd's Uh Fork. You know, if someone needs an iPhone, if you look hard enough, there is an iPhone in a Ziploc bag somewhere in Floyd's Fork. Creek. And we keep going another hour or so, and uh, the kids are no longer having any fun. My nine-year-old son is like, Dad, my my arms don't work anymore, which is not what you want to hear from your kid. Uh, My youngest daughter had asked, I don't know how many times, how much longer, how much longer. We were four hours into this trip. It was getting dark. There was no exit ramp for us and uh, we see this lady we hadn't passed our Laney houses we see this lady who's doing some yard work right off of Floyd's fork at, in her backyard and my oldest daughter's like are, are you gonna ask her for help and I'm like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for help we get closer I'm planning on asking for help I'm planning on saying hey do you know where we're at and you know how can we get out of here <laughs> and we get up to where she is I want to say it we pass her she's like aren't my daughters like aren't you gonna say Anything? I'm like, I, I can't. I just can't <laughs> do it. Oh, I my. can't do it. We go another hour down the road. Oh my god, <laughs> this freaks of desperation. And finally, we find a place to get out. I have no idea where we are at. I, I send my son out to the road that's close send, by. Send to, to see if we're w- still in Kentucky. <laughs> to, uh, he's gonna flag down a car. I'm like, who's gonna say no to a nine-year-old boy whose arms don't work? Right? Oh, but man. my f- son flags down this car. I call my wife and, and she's like, Let me guess, you lost your phone, you don't know oh. where you're Oh. and you need me to pick you up I'm like yes <laughs> that is exactly right <laughs> honey help it, me <laughs> it's, it is hard to it is hard to humble ourselves and to realize the uh, desperateness of a situation and and to cry out for help, but it begins with recognizing our need by acknowledging um, the reality of of where things are at, and that and that we need help. Jesus talks about this in the Beatitudes. The very first uh, Beatitude, which begins the Sermon on the Mount, is "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And the the poor in spirit is basically uh, a way of describing people who know they need help, that they don't have what it takes, um, they are bankrupt, and they need God to do for them what, what they can't do for themselves. And if, I think that's the first beatitude, because it really unlocks all the other blessings of God. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that, if you're not poor in spirit, uh, the rest of them are pretty hard to come by. It, it begins with an understanding of I I need God's help, I can't do this on my own. Um, and such a big step in receiving that from God is acknowledging your need for it. Mm-hmm. Wow,
1: Bl- blessed
2: are the poor in spirit,
1: blessed are those who are bankrupt, mm-hmm. blessed are those who are desperate, blessed are those
2: who need a helping hand, then they get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you follow throughout the gospels that's who you see Jesus helping a great example of this is in Luke 7 where uh, we read about Jesus having uh, lunch at the house of of, uh, Simon the Pharisee and um, he's doing his religious duty he doesn't you know he's been studying the Messiah all his life and he doesn't realize that the Messiah is at his table but in the middle of that lunch this um Woman comes in, is known sinner, uh, prostitute comes in, and Mm -hmm. she falls at the feet of Jesus, and she, with her tears, washes uh, his feet, and with her hair dries his feet, and um, and and this Pharisees watching the whole thing unfold with the spirit of judgment, and um, and at the end Jesus kind of flips it, you know, Mm -hmm. he takes what we would expect, and instead of giving the blessing to this. Person who's religious, he gives it to this woman who is desperate, and uh, he admonishes the the Pharisee, and and the difference between the two of them primarily is is their humility of recognizing uh, who mm. who Jesus is and their need for Him. Uh, one of, one of the things about I think not just men but those of us in our in the Western culture is we. To a degree understand what it means to be poor in spirit we understand that okay I need to recognize i I do have a need for God right but we don 't necessarily want to have a desperate need we want to have a need without being desperate uh, so we understand uh, that we shouldn't be rich in spirit meaning that we shouldn't pretend that we don 't have any problems we don't ha- and we have it all together uh, so we end up settling for this version of Christianity that I would call middle class in spirit. We Mm. want to be middle class. We don't want to be poor in spirit where we're desperate. We know we can't be rich in spirit where we don't need God. So I'll just try to live my life middle class in spirit Mm. where I can kind of keep myself together and I can meet my own needs and I can believe in God without having to uh, be desperate for him. Okay, so Kyle, how do we, you know, the Bible
1: says to humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. I mean, how do we do that? How do we get to a point of blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are desperate? How do we, I I mean, sometimes bad things happen, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, uh, you know, experiences like that, you know, and my own personal experience, you know, when there's a diagnosis, either personally or a a close family member. Uh, you, you get desperate but how do we how do we move towards that because we we want the blessing of God but how do we how do we how do we
2: move in that direction it's a really good question because all of us will be humbled by life it's going to happen but that doesn't mean we will humble ourselves and so the blessing of God is for those who humble themselves Um, And just a few examples of this, and this won't be comprehensive, but one way is through confession. Uh, When we confess, it is a humbling thing to do. Now, that's different than being caught and re. And repenting, which is important to do as well, but but confession—what I would call volunteer confession—is not something we practice very often as men. Not something that we practice very often, even in modern day church. That was a much larger piece of the first century church than we realize. Is that uh, believers would confess their sins to one another uh, voluntarily, meaning I, I would sit down with you, and not because you know some things and you're confronting me, but because I'm making Myself accountable, and I'm humbling myself. I'm I'm going to confess to you, and that's that's a humbling thing to do. That's a way of humbling ourselves. So we're gonna um,
1: we're gonna continue to talk about that and some other things that we can move towards
0: desperation. But we need to take a break here real quick. Taking a break. Coming back back in uh, about a minute or so on Solid Steps Radio.